Let's turn to 1 Samuel in chapter 1. First book of Samuel in chapter 1. We read here about a man who had two wives. It was very unusual in Israel. A man called Elkanah in verse 2, he had two wives. One was Hannah and the other was Penina. Penina had children but Hannah had no children. So once when they went up to the temple, Hannah was praying and saying, Lord, Verse 11, if you look upon the affliction of your servant and remember me, give me a son, I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. One law they had there for those who were dedicated was that they wouldn't cut their hair. And as she was praying, the high priest Eli was watching her mouth. Because she was only speaking in her heart and her lips were moving with no voice heard and Eli thought she was drunk. When I read a sentence like that, I see how easy it is, it is for us to misunderstand other people. Do you get that when you read it? We read the scripture and judge ourselves. And I say, Lord, do I misunderstand people when I see them doing something which I think is evil and it may be the most spiritual thing at all of all? She was not drunk and Eli was supposed to be the high priest. He should have a little more sense, but he was a backslidden, good-for-nothing high priest. God judged him. He didn't even know how to bring up his own children properly. Hannah was far more spiritual than him. But Hannah had a humility to call him Lord. Verse 15, No, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed. I am not drunk. I have just poured out my soul before the Lord. Don't consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. Anyway, the Lord heard her prayer. And verse 20, she got a son. And when she got a son, she did not forget the vow she had made. And, you know, that was a very difficult vow for a mother who had no children to give that child over to be in the temple for the rest of his life. I mean, almost from the age of, I don't know what age they weaned them in those days, but even if they weaned them quite late, uh, maybe five years old, imagine sending your five-year-old child to work in a church for the rest of his life. It wasn't easy, but she had made a promise and she kept it. She never knew that her son would grow up to be one of the greatest prophets in Israel. So there are certain things we can learn from that. 
that when we make a promise to the Lord, we must keep it as far as possible. In the Old Testament, they were more strict on it. In the New Testament, I'm not saying we shouldn't be strict, but we must be careful when we say something to the Lord. You turn with me to Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes, in chapter 5, verse 4, when you make a vow to the Lord, don't be late in paying it. For he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 4. It is better that you don't make a vow than you make a vow and not pay it. Don't let your speech cause you to sin. And don't say in the presence of the messenger of God, it was a mistake. Why should God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? So we have to be careful about what we say to God. That's one thing which I have stressed many, many times in our church. Hannah kept her word. Our children must grow up knowing us to be people who keep a promise. And if there's some reason why you cannot keep a promise, like you promise to get something for your child and afterwards you discover you don't have the money for it, first thing you should do is pray to God and say, Lord, can you give me some money for to help me to keep my promise to my child? And if you still don't get it, for some reason, maybe the Lord doesn't want you to have that. You tell the child, I'm sorry, we don't have the money. One day when I have it, I'll get it for you. But we must keep our promises to our children. The only promise you are permitted to break is if you promise to give them a spanking and then afterwards you change your mind and say, no, I'm not going to spank you. That happened to me often because I felt that the boy had really was sorry. And I sought the Lord about it. Lord, am I breaking my word? And the Lord said, no. The Lord said, I said I would destroy Nineveh in Jonah's time, and I didn't do it. So I see that even God once promised to punish a nation, and then he didn't punish the nation. So I got some comfort that I was not ungodly in what I did. But otherwise, we had to be careful that we keep our promise, and especially to God, as I've often said, the Christians tell the maximum number of lies on Sunday morning when they sing songs. Do you remember all the words of the song you sang this morning? I'm almost certain you've forgotten it. Were they meaningful? Did you feel that Jesus was there in front of you? 
when you said lord from morning till night it's time for me to praise you when the morning begins and i have 10000 reasons to praise you and i look forward to the day when i'll praise you for 10000 years in eternity it takes a while for us to develop the habit of speaking the truth when we sing because we are so used to you know going by the tune the words which we know i know it took me some time some years really to get into the habit of not thinking of the tune as much as the words and recognizing i'm actually speaking them to god and that's in relation to the lord and if you in the old testament they had to dedicate their firstborn son to god because that son was saved in egypt when all the other firstborn died but in the new covenant we dedicate all our children to god not just the boys and not just the firstborn just like everything that was partial in the old testament is total in the new testament in the old testament one day in seven was god's and six days were yours in the new testament seven days in seven belong to the lord our sabbath by the way is not on a sunday our sabbath is seven days of the week all the time we're supposed to live in a perpetual sabbath with a heart that is always at rest in god 24 hours a day seven days a week and we don't give 10% of our income to god old testament it was like that 10% is your income tax you pay to god 90% is yours just like the government says you pay your income tax the rest is yours but in the new testament god is our father so we don't pay income tax to our father we love him and whatever we want to give we give cheerfully and joyfully there's no percentage according to your ability and so in the same way children in the old testament they gave their firstborn son in the new testament we are to give all our children boys and girls to god just like uh hana gave samuel of course the difference is in the old testament the presence of the lord was only in the temple or the tabernacle where that in those days there was no temple in samuel's time So the point is he wanted her son to grow up in the presence of the Lord all the time. And that's the message for us that we must teach our children from the beginning that the presence of the Lord is always in our house. And that's why it's very important that husband and wife don't speak to each other in such a way as to drive away the Lord from their house. and we must teach our children that wherever they go the presence of the lord is with them and they must live in the presence of the lord all the time when children other children come to fight with them we must train them when their other children are cheating in the examination remember the presence of the lord psalm 169 i have set the lord always in front of me and therefore the lord is at my right hand to strengthen me If you want the Lord to be at your right hand to strengthen you for anything 
set the lord always before you that's what we must teach our children from childhood and don't think it is too early start from the time they are 1 year old i've heard of mothers and i believe they did the right thing in laying their hands on their womb when the mother when the child was in the womb and praying for that child even from the mother's womb so great responsibility like hana had and see because she brought up that child in such a good way he became a prophet from probably the age of 5 or 6 amazing so there's tremendous things that god can do for our children i remember a missionary lady who came and spoke in cfc many years ago who said she was converted when she was 3 years old and she got a call to china she was 5 years old when she heard a chinese missionary in europe and then she could go to china only about 30 years later but i've never forgotten that how god can speak to a 5 year old person can be born again when they are 3 years old so kingdom of heaven is like little children so let's not think that they are incapable of being in touch with god okay let's pray